Today we're going to be talking about something that you may have heard about in the news, a little thing called Israel. If you're like us, you know the, you know the generalities of it, but you don't know the specifics. After today, you're going to be the smartest guy at the water cooler. It's time to do a podcast. Welcome to Pot Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. So, Sheriff Lamb, welcome. Thank you. I got to bring you two on as my hype men all the time. Oh, all you have on. to do is just go along. Just put your mask on. Just because I might not agree with it, that doesn't mean I lose my right to parent my kid. Leave the, leave the jokes to me, Chief. This is what gets Jim fired up. It's not communism that's going to destroy this country. It's not socialism that's going to destroy this country. What's going to destroy this country is apathy. Don't count on anybody coming to save you. It is time to save ourselves. You know, we are fortunate today. Uh, we have somebody here today who um, is one of the higher caliber guests I think we've ever had on. Well, and let's get it straight because we can't tell the people what's going on with this war because no. you've researched it, I've researched it, and we've got, I mean, I'm, I'm in where I started. Right. I'm in square one when I tried to do research on this whole entire situation. Well, so you went and found. I did. I did. I went and found uh, retired Colonel William. Uh, it goes by Bill Connor. Um and you may have seen him on Newsmax. He's on there quite a bit. In fact, he was just on there uh, the day that we're recording this. He was on there at 1245 today. Um, he's a career U.S. Army infantry officer. He's an attorney and a founding partner of the National Defense Consultants, LLC. Thank you for taking the time. Like I said, I know you got a, a busy schedule, and I know you're actually uh, uh, spent a little time with family right now, and you agreed to come on here. We really appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. um, and as a show, you know, we would come on week after week and we can sit here and talk about politics and we could talk about Trump and we can talk about the Democrats. And we started to get into long form conversations with individuals uh, and we're going to continue that. Uh, but this situation is real important because American yep. lives are about to be in the middle of this war that has been raging for millennia, <laughs> eons. Yep. I mean, what's the term? <laughs> Bravo? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is one. I mean, and frankly, one of my deployments was from 1996 to 97, the peacekeeping mission between Egypt and Israel, which a lot of folks were never really aware of. It's not under the UN. It's called Multinational Forces and Observers. And it is part of the one, I, I would say, successful uh, peace initiative that did work there. And I was part of it. So I'm, you know, glad to have been part of that. It's been good for Egypt, good for Israel. But it's out of the Sinai. And so during that mission, I had a chance to really study up, uh, study, of course, I was in the uh, Arab side, but I went to Israel a number of times, went to Jordan, um, really traveled the region and got a, a sensing of things that were going on. And, and, you know, once I did, one of the things I just always stress right away is just how small Israel is. And it's so important to make that point because it comes into when I hear sort of leftist protesters and the uh, just giving up a little bit of land or whatever to put the perspective on it. Israel as a whole, and we're talking about everything, including the West Bank and Gaza, is about the size of New Jersey. But 60% of that is the Negev Desert, which is worse than the Sinai. It is just uninhabitable. I think maybe 10% of the population lives north Beersheba. So you take 60% off New Jersey, and then you take off Gaza and the West Bank, because, of course, those are you know sort of Palestinian-type areas, though there are some settlers in the West Bank. You're talking about just a small fraction of New Jersey. And so one of the things traveling it um, that I just wanted to stress right away is, is that just how small it is. You, you can see the major sites really in like a day or two. Um, and we go to Tel Aviv, the major uh, population center just north of Tel Aviv, the uh, distance from the West Bank to the Mediterranean is less than 10 miles. So we talk about land, you know, just give you an example of Gaza. Um, back in 19, or 2005, 
Errol Sharon actually kicked out 9,000 settlers. Out of, Israel kicked its own settlers out of Gaza and gave Gaza that land. And then a year later, of course, they elected Hamas. And then they've been hit by Gaza almost since then. But as far as like the religious significance and all that, I mean, you've really got to go all the way back to because uh, Jerusalem is a key well, to the whole thing. Let me touch on on one thing because this is the one one okay. thing that I do tell people uh, when when they're yep. talking about hey, Israel's just occupiers, they're they're oppressors, you know, right. they're this big yep. bad wolf, you know, that's going around and just blowing everybody's house down. Yep. But Israel, for as small as they are. All right, the size yep. of New Jersey are surrounded by people right. and by governments and by terrorist organizations that want to eradicate them from the map. They would, yes. if they had their not, way. Not, not just we don't like you. Right. Not we don't like you. We well, literally want to kill everybody inside of Israel. So Israel well, is it, 100%, 100% of the time are, are working to protect their right. sovereignty and their citizens. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be like so, you living in in you know Nebraska, and every state that touches you wants to murder you and your family. It's, well, and, and let me go let me go beyond that. I'm glad you brought it up, but I'm going to cut you off. But this is such an important point. Oh, you're allowed and to cut us off. Why, okay, um, a reason why when I got there in that mission, I was perhaps maybe a little bit more leaning sort of Palestinian Arab in the sense of what I had heard and so on and so forth. And something that struck me immediately, and this is something that's, that's so, so incredibly important to understand, too, beyond the f- fact that Israel is a, is a fraction of the size of New Jersey, in reality, a livable, arable you know, land that Israel is living, is that in Israel, there are almost 2 million Arab, Muslim, you can call them Palestinian if you want. I've got some issues on that, but we'll say Arab, Muslim, Palestinian citizens with all rights, seats in the Knesset, seats in the high court. That's Israel. Okay, now they've only they've only got nine nine million people, so that's a huge size of population. Is Arab Muslim, and in fact, um, as a sort of super right, everyone in Israel is required to serve in the military. But if you are Arab Muslim, you're not required to. You can, huh. and they do have people to do that. Now let's go to the other side, where after the uh, creation of the state of Israel, which and we can go, go to this in a second, which really late 40s, and really um, 48, 49 was the main fighting, but. During that and just after, all the Jewish communities throughout the Middle East that had been, you know, in these places, Iraq, Egypt, wherever, were made Jew-free. Jew-free. There's literally no Jews whatsoever in all these surrounded areas. They were pushed back, pushed into Israel. And by the way, that kind of gave the Mossad a, a huge advantage because, he's, you know, when you go to Israel, you realize that you know, we're used to sort of European uh, Jews. But really, you know, most everyone kind of looks the same. They've been in the same areas in these, um, you know, Jews from throughout the Middle East had to leave their millennia old communities and come to Israel. But in Israel did not do the same thing back. They've allowed the two million, you know, again, Arab Muslim Jews or excuse me, uh, Muslims to live within Israel. So what you got is you've got this situation of Jew free areas, which are more than 100 times bigger than Israel. And. They did a, about 10 years ago, they did polling of the, the uh, unfavorable views of the surrounding countries to Jews. And when I talk about Zionism, because that's, that's a code word, but to Jews, it was 95% in uh, Egypt, 96% in Jordan, and 97% in Lebanon, unfavorable views of Jews as a people. Um, and I want to tell you kind of things you don't hear about, too, which is the Hamas Charter is full of anti-Jewry type, almost Nazi-ish, you know, using a Hadith from, the, uh, from Muhammad of, of in the end times, trees will call out, there's a Jew behind me, kill me. 
Morsi, who was the Muslim Brotherhood president of Egypt for a year back, you know, almost 10 years ago, called uh, the Jews sons of apes and pigs, which is something very common among a lot of the sermons, the imams and all that. This, again, the Hamas charter has, has anti-Jew stuff. So the issue here is there's been this rhetoric in, the, in, the, uh, in Western Europe and America. This is not about the Jews. This is about Zionism or whatever. I got to tell you, it is not. When I lived there, the, the top selling books were Mein Kampf and Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I read things, English translations, that use the terms sons of apes and pigs, because it, be, it becomes somewhat theological. So that's a situation where you got these areas that have no Jews in any kind of mention of Jews. It's kind of the, again, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. They're imperialists. They're, they're driving everything bad in the world, so on and so forth. The same stuff that drove Hitler and the Nazis. That's going on right now. So when you wonder how on October 7 they could come in and cut the heads off babies and light grandmas on fire and rape women and kill them and everything else is because they have truly subhumanized the Jews as as Jews. Someone else did that that too in history, didn't they? Well, the best selling book was Mein Kampf. So okay. Just making sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Well yeah, so the the thing um you you look at again the, the history yeah, the start of Israel, late 40s, 1949, they had, you know, they were attacked from all sides, even though they said they would go with the UN partition plan when the British left in 47. You know, they so they won back some better land, but really it's still kind of stuck. And they didn't have Arab East, what's now Arab East Jerusalem was what's called. At that time, Jordan controlled it, which has, by the way, the old city in Jerusalem. And this is critical to understand is what the what archaeology would tell us and objective history is that Solomon's temple was built in Jerusalem, in what's now the old city, which is an Arab East Jerusalem. So the old uh, temple, which was the holiest spot on earth for the Jews, they believe the Ark of the Covenant was there, which was lost to history in the Babylonian captivity around 500 um, BC. Um, But that's where the second temple was built. And you can see the walls from that temple, by the way, even after the Jewish revolt in AD 70, that is the holiest spot on earth of the Jews. Now, for the Muslims, the holiest spot on earth is Mecca and then Medina. And no non-Muslim can go within a couple hundred miles of those areas without being killed. Um, in Jerusalem, there is, for the Muslims, there is a very sketchy belief. There's a, 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 a sort of passage that says that Muhammad made a night journey to the farthest mosque. And the really when Zionism kicked in, it suddenly became, well, Jerusalem is that farthest mosque. So suddenly that's the third holy spot to Islam. And therefore, uh, the old city, which has, by the way, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where you know, Christians believe Jesus was crucified and buried, it has the holiest spot to the Jews. And then they believe that the uh, Dome of the Rock was where Muhammad rose to heaven. They also have the Elas Mosque on the Temple Mount. Which they believe that Ishmael was the chosen son, going all the way back to Abrahamic times, and that it wasn't Isaac, and that they, they set up what became the Elas Mosque. So you've got this religious cauldron, and I'll tell you, after the uh, the Jews won their independence, uh, until 1967, Jews could not go into the holiest spot on earth to them. They could not go into Arab East Jerusalem, which holds the old city. And so after 67, when they were attacked, they did a preemptive attack, but uh, the uh, Jordan decided to uh, join in, and the uh, Israelis won the old city back. They immediately allowed the Arab Muslim patrol, the Temple Mount, but get you know clear access for all religions, including Jews. Um, there's no way they're going to give back Arab East Jerusalem as the capital of the Palestinian state, which is what is demanded by the uh, the Palestinians and many in the West and many in the uh, the Arab world. That cannot happen. It will not happen. I would. I, there's no way. 
you know, frankly, from a Jewish and Christian perspective, it is much better having the Jew- Jewish the Israel, Israeli state in charge of um, Jerusalem and access to the holy sites. But that's an incredibly important thing because well, again, and I, I mean, for the Jews, for the Jews, that would be like the Jews or Israel demanding um, that they get Mecca, Mecca and all of the exactly. surrounding uh, surrounding areas of Mecca. You know what? Exactly. We'll give you Jerusalem, but you're giving us Mecca. And they'd be like, never happened. Right. Of course. And that's that's the where the, the absolute unfairness, you don't want to go far enough anyway, is that Muhammad came in the 6th century. Um, at that time, you know, the, 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 what was now the Holy Land was Christian. You know, Byzantine Christian was Christian. They took it over. So we want to go to the colonizers, who came first, you go that far enough, obviously, in this Jewish land. And the Romans, 40 years after Jesus was crucified, you know, um, because of a revolt, uh, put the Jews into the spore. I kind of left, there were some Jews left behind, but the temple was destroyed for the most part. The, uh, the Jews were pushed out. And what you had was a lot of Bedouins, but you really a very, very small community. There's Mark Twain went there in the middle of the 19th century, and it was a backwater in the Ottoman Empire. Nobody really cared about it. Um, so I say that because what really yanked up the importance was in the 19th century, Jews starting to look for a national homeland and, and, of course, then really kicked in after the Holocaust. But um, And they came in. They legally bought up land for the Ottomans that no one was using. They, they turned desert into green. And that's something you see, by the way, in Israel is they really truly did do the work to make this you know unhabitable land into something habitable. A lot of the Palestinians now trace their ancestry back to Bedouins who settled down, who came into work for the Israelis. Not all. I mean, there were, some, there were obviously populations there, but that's, that's a major piece of it. And then when you have post-World War II, and the British leaving the mandate, the UN did a partition plan, which put made uh, Jerusalem an international city, gave the Jews kind of the crappier parts of, you know, what we think of within the uh, within Israel. The Israelis were willing to accept it. The the uh, but then they declared independence with it, but then they were attacked from all sides. Well, Iraq, and I wanted Jordan. To, I wanted to touch on that because it is my understanding that while all this talk about Israel being the oppressors, Israel has made numerous moves over the years to yes. try to appease Palestine, right? They yes. have they have brought forth deals, they have brought forth agreements, and they have been rejected at every single turn. Well, not just that. Because we think the Palestinians really, as Yasser Arafat, sort of 70-ish, but at first it was the Arab-Israeli wars. And I want to tell you something that a lot of folks don't even realize. In 1956, with the Suez Crisis, is, and there's a bunch of things I know in the history of it, the bottom line was Israel conquered what's the Sinai. The Sinai is twice the size of Israel, more than twice the size of Israel, and they gave it back. Um, and then later on in uh, 67, again, when they had to preemptively attack, as Nasser was going to attack them from Syria, Egypt, and Jordan, they uh, they won the Six-Day War, and they conquered the Sinai. And again, the Sinai is that whole region in between Israel and, um, and the, we'll just use the Suez Canal, if you guys can picture it, um, huge piece of land. And as part of the um, agreement that I was part of in the whole MFO, the Multinational Forces Reserves, was they gave back the Sinai, something twice the size of Israel, to Egypt for peace. Um, same thing within Lebanon, where they had southern Lebanon. They really needed it because of security reasons. Back in the 2000s, they gave it up. They gave up southern Lebanon. Now, they're, atta- they're now being attacked from southern Lebanon. They, uh, they've given up much of the, uh, the West Bank to Palestinian control. And, of course, Gaza, as we talked about, they kicked their own settlers out. And we're talking heinously. They cut off the water. They cut off electricity. They did. It's a really, I mean, crime, you know, families, everything else. And they had IDF soldiers that pushed out their own people from Gaza 
to give the Palestinians a piece of land that they could have. And what happens? A year later, they elect, they elect Hamas and missiles start flying. That's the history. So if I'm Israeli, Israeli what I would learn from a lot of what's happened, uh, with the exception of the, um, the uh, MFO mission, is that whenever they've given back land, it's generated the, the Islamists into the idea that, you know, we are now winning. And when you see this, this, the protesters say from the, the river to the sea, what they're talking about is it's wiping out the state of Israel. And you see like college campuses with, you know, these progressive um, idiots that are useful, useful idiots don't realize they're, they're holding a genocide sign about wiping out the Jewish people in, in Israel. Um, and so that's what's happened with all their giving land back. Um, so is it I safe would, to say then that Israel, uh, Israel is, all they want is peace. All they want is right. to be left alone. And if that means they need right. to concede some land, they're willing to do that. They're not looking to right. march, march into, into Gaza and, and wipe out the, the right. Pal- Palestinians. They're not looking to seize that land. They're not looking to no. expand Israel. All they want to yeah. do is live in peace. And if that means that we got to give you some land in order for us to do that, we will do that. But it's never right. good enough. Like you said, they, well, it, as soon as you do that, they think they're yeah, winning and they yeah, want more. Sounds like something we deal with in America on a daily basis. When you're giving up some oh, yeah. freedoms or you're well, giving you up give some an inch. Or right, you, you give an inch, inch they yeah. want a mile. Yeah. Uh, so, well, and, and the Hamas charter doesn't even recognize the state of Israel. It, it, it does not recognize their right to exist. It still doesn't. So in the Muslim Brotherhood, you know, wants a caliphate back. And the, by the caliphate, any land that was ever taken by uh, Islam, which includes Spain, by the way, just so you know, um, is forever Islamic. And it is a duty to regain lost land. Now, the obvious one is Israel. So for the Did Muslim you say Brotherhood, Spain? which. That's part of it? Spain. Yeah, yeah, Andalusia. Remember, the, if you so, go back to. So, the, I mean, uh, ultimately, they want, they want to get Spain back. Oh, yeah. If you look at Al-Qaeda, when they talk about Andalusia, um, and even, quite frankly, the Balkans, remember the Turkish, the Ottomans, went all the way to Vienna. This is all stuff that's within their belief pattern of the Muslim Brotherhood of going back to a caliphate, which was ended by Kamal Ataturk in Turkey back in the uh, early 1920s. The, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood wants to go back to that and then go back to you know their belief in Islamic law that once the land has been conquered for Islam. no idea. That, oh, yeah. Well, that, most people don't. That's like the Hamas Charter which talks about killing specifically Jews and then uses all the sort of Nazi-ish rhetoric about Jews. No one ever talks about this. The media is useless, useless in trying to expose the anti-Jewish issues of what's going on. And it's crazy because, you know, there's plenty of Jewish reporters and Jew, but they're really, it's like there's a blinding of not seeing, you know, and people are looking at like, how could you go kill grandmothers this way? How could you cut babies' heads off? Well, if you'd listen to everything that's been said, like I have, and you read what they've been saying, just like the Nazis didn't come out out of nowhere. Um, 1920, they talked about life not, life not worth living. They were already talking about euthanasia and genocide and all that, you know, but no one really paid much attention until it happened. Well, same thing. In the Arab Muslim world, there's been there's signs all over uh, Turkey, and I've seen them, that say no Jews allowed. Now, are you getting this in the, the mainstream media? No. Um, are we getting the, the polls showing that virtually everybody outside Israel hates the Jews? No. Um, and why is that? Because it doesn't fit the, you know, the, the progressive rhetoric that the only evil in the world is the colonizers, Europeans or whatever. And, um, and that's been a major problem I've seen is just that, uh, inability to admit they're wrong. In this case, there is a tr- incredible anti-Jewish 
and frankly, it's it's anti-Christian too. I mean, that's the other part too is that Sharia law legally separates different religions. So the top one is Islam, and then beneath that, Jim Crow is going to be um, not going all the diff- legal differences. But we don't do that in the West. You know, we believe Christianity. Christ said, "Give them seizures, out of seizures," and taught that you could submit yourself to a secular government, but it's so, it's supposed to be fair. There's no history of that within Islam. And so that's another issue that we just, you know, Kemal Ataturk tried to, to go in that direction with the uh, new modern state of Turkey. But that's, you know, under Erdogan, that's going back again. And we're not getting this, this information about that piece of things that in some ways Israel is like a stopgap for us. Because if it goes, you know, they you look around Europe and see the protests that are going on. It's not, in fact, it goes beyond the Jews anyway, that really they believe Europe will become Islamic and there's sort of yeah, the well, uh, jihad. You can already, you can already see it in London. Well, London, you? I was just going to say, yeah. London cops are doing everything they can to oh. just hold the line over there right now. Uh, it, exactly. And then they become so secular that it's just that Christianity is such a so small influence. All of that, this that you've said, what does this come right. down to? Does this come down to, it, what is the underlying cause of this? Is it religious or is it well, that's the point genocide want, that, and hatred? Well, no, so, that, that's well, the point I want to stick to on. is the religion. We've got, so uh, one of our followers, Zachary Martin, uh, has a mm-hmm. question and he said, why do they even hate each other so much? Is it all religious? Why is it that older generations support Israel more and younger uh, generations support terrorists? Yeah, I, I think part of the younger generation thinks that it comes into useful idiots that they've been you know, I don't hate education. I mean, obviously, I've got a law degree and I, I you know, a master's. Te- I don't hate education, but our current universities honestly have gone so far off the deep end of the left and the pro-Marxism, and just that unfortunately, it is cool and chic right now to sort of draw in the dynamic and try to believe that the, um, you know, the Israelis are oppressors, and so that's the reason for the younger people now kind of going in that direction. It's, it's ignorance, quite frankly, and it's sad because. They'll say, well, the educated, you know, have know something different. But the reality is that they knew what was going on. They wouldn't. But this is very religious. And that's the part, too, where as we become more secular as a society, um, we fail to acknowledge differences in religion. And one of the things within within Islam, and there are those that are trying to reform, by the way, I mean, they're, they're trying to kind of cut the edge off. But the reality is there are violent verses. You know, Muhammad went from started in Mecca. And he's very peaceful. But then he went to Medina. And he was pretty cutthroat. I mean, he was he was a warrior, and you know, there's you know all the stories of, you know, the the, the Jews that were there, and, and the, the the killings and the Battle of the Trench, and and then also the end times, um, you know, belief structure that you know Jews specifically will be killed, in mass. That there has been this through strain throughout Islamic theology. It's just there. Now, again, there can be re- reformation. There can be things that go on, but we can't say that it's not there. It's it's, it's all peace, and that people don't know their Qurans or Hadiths or whatever. I mean, there's a Hadith which uh, says in the end times, the trees will cry out. There's a Jew behind me, kill him, kill him and that kind of thing. And it's, um, it's just a reality. So that's always been there. But then you, you tack that on top of the religious dynamic of under, um, you know, Islamic belief. Once the land is taken for Islam, it's forever Islamic, including, like I said, Spain. Now, the reality of Spain is, you know, 500 years ago is when we finally, the Moors were finally kicked out of Spain. So it's been a long time. But if you listen to the Muslim Brotherhood and Al-Qaeda, uh, they'll mention the you know caliphate that should stretch from Spain all the way through the Balkans, all these places that were taken before and now forever Islamic. Um, and so it is it is religious. There's a religious component, and then there's also the other piece, which is that Israel is a little piece of the West within the Middle East, where you know something I noticed was you go from sort of brown 
you know, areas where there hasn't been as much into what the, the Jews did. And I'll be quite frank with you, objectively, this is even before they had all the money and whatever else, is they really made Israel a pretty incredible place from, from the backwater it was in the 19th century. And as far as the, the water from Mount Hermon, they have, you know, from the Sea of Galilee, they pump water all the way down to Beersheba. Uh, they've really made it into a first world place. And so one of the, the cultural things you see is the in-your-face sort of cultural dynamic between the West and what's become of the Arab Muslim world, which is way behind. And there's a bunch of issues with that, and there's some that, um, but what you've got though is a lot of lot of demagogues, you know, ginning things up into the, um, you know, the sort of the Nazi-ish, Third Reich-ish type, you know, explanations that the Jews are, you know, doing all this behind the scenes. Right. Read the Hamas charter again, because it talks about the whole, that everything in the world, the bankers, the imperialism, you name it, is all this, this Jewish conspiracy. And so again, it comes in, that comes into a hatred thing toward the Jews. But the main thing is, is that it needs to be Islamic. That's the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas is no Muslim Brotherhood. Palestine was the original Hamas from 1987. It's Muslim Brotherhood to the core. Their belief is that there needs to be a caliphate. It needs to stretch in the old, you know, Ottoman Empire type lands and include lands that had been previously uh, Muslim. So if they get all they that back, believe, if they get all that back, are they happy? Right. Is it done? No. Or, or do they want world no, domination? No, because no, well, no it's world them. domination. I mean, Eventually, to, to the hardliners, again, and they talk about this, is they believe that Europe is just a matter of time, that, uh, that there's a you know, term called jihad through the womb. They know the demographics, the Europeans really just have virtually no babies, and you can look at the statistics on that because it's very clear, mm-hmm. and then you look at the birth rate of the incoming um, yeah. you know, yeah. Muslims. So oh, my, my, buddy Eric, my buddy Eric did the math for me like three years ago. And he was like, sure. look, look at the numbers for birth rates and just watch how, and then this is how long it's going to take. Oh. He knew it because he travels the world. He sees it. So. So. Yeah. So jumping back to this whole religion problem, that's the thing. They don't right. want they don't want the Western values. That's why. I mean, you can sit there and say that right. the Israelis made this place nice and, and that's yeah. not anything yeah. that the Arab want. They want it to be the, the, the way it was. They want to treat their women the way they do. They want to be able to do, yeah. you know, just how they did it in the old days. And. The, the, the problem, well, the, the, the common denominator of this whole entire thing is religion. Yeah. Well, there's another dynamic, too, that I've noticed. This is another factor going into it, which you're seeing outside of the U.S., Canada, and most of Western Europe, which is a sort of progressive colonization, which I think is in some ways more insidious, and they do see it. And that is, you know, you better join in the uh, pride marches. You better have this stuff. You know, the summer that um, you know, the botch withdrawal from Afghanistan, they decided – that summer to fly the um, during June where things were going to, to just down the down the tubes to, to first fly the uh, LGBT flag in Afghanistan, and they don't see this stuff the same way. I've been reading like uh, Al Sadr in uh, Iraq, and one of the things he talked about was this whole issue of the degeneracy in the West, and we don't need this, and and look where it takes you know sort of the moral degeneracy, and they can look at birth rates. They they don't see the things we're looking at and saying. This is all wonderful freedom, I and mean, freedom is it comes with a price, and freedom comes with uh, responsibility. Uh, they just kind of see licentiousness, and um, and they see it destroying their families and that kind of thing. So there's that dynamic too that we um, we've been pushing this, and and this is not just the Arab Arab uh, Muslim world. This is also you look in Eastern Europe uh, when you look at the global South. They you wonder kind of why they're to a certain extent taking sides with Russia. It's not because they don't believe that you know Russia invaded um, Ukraine, but they they're very weary about the progressive sort of seeming onslaught 
um, of pushing the um, what would have been even de- degenerate values to us 20 years ago. Um, and so they see that too, and they talk about that, and that is an issue. And of course, Israel, you know, gets tagged with that as well. So I don't want to, you know, downplay that effect, but that is an effect. And I think we, we as, as a nation, need to be careful of, um, you know, us pushing this in a colonial way that you must now become like us. You know, you must have drag queen shows and all this kind of yeah. thing because the rest, much of the world, sees that as really satanic, degenerate, taboo, and it does us no good. It, taboo, mm-hmm. yeah. And well, so, um, you know, you want to talk about the useful idiots. My favorite, favorite pictures on the Internet of all time are by far the ones where they're holding up the the LGBTQ flags and they have a banner that says queers for Palestine or things like that. Yeah, I know. When, yeah, when, I that. when <laughs> Hamas, <laughs> you walk in there into in the, in the Gaza right. Hamas, you will be the first ones Hamas throws off buildings and beheads. Exactly. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, just the, I the level it, of ignorance. Oh, we support. Well, okay. Go ahead. They'll support right. them all the way to the ground. That, well, and one of the memes I saw was, you know, they're like, oh, queers for Palestine. And then underneath it, it said chickens for KFC. Same I saw thing. The same, yeah, I saw the same one. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, saw it's floating just, around. Right. It's, well, and I see the, the whole Jews for ceasefire and whatever. And, you know, I think some of that's a setup, but some of it really is, again, a useful idiot uh, end of things. The folks, and these are folks that would say, wow, I'm in an Ivy League school, so well, I just know some of you don't. You know what? And while we're, while, we're, you while we're talking about it uh, <laughs> and Jews for a ceasefire, so last week uh, Rashida Tlaib was in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. and made this comment here. So she's taking a very small minority and now out there preaching to her people that most of America is not with you, Mr. President, most of America based on these few Jews that she found that for whatever reason, um, don't understand the history and don't understand genocide and don't understand what it means for their people over there. So, yeah. And also, and also too, where's, where's to leave, where's the squad with all the, you know, again, Nazi-ish, Hitlerite stuff that, you know, we if there was even a portion of that from the right, you would see absolute, which they should, absolute condemnation just, you know, beyond the pale uh, for anybody, say a Spencer or somebody else, which again, I'm not arguing, that, but this is way beyond anything we see in any kind of numbers in the, in the West against Jews. This is just absolutely uh, incredible. Um, the anti-Jew rhetoric, and again, it's lots in Arabic, but the Hamas charter itself. And so to leave, um, you know, spewing this stuff about our Jewish brothers and sisters, the first thing should be, you know, there again, there was a reason why you had all these young men able to do the heinous things they did. It t- take, I've been to combat. I mean, you know, and frankly, having to, to shoot to kill and all that is something that, you know, you've got to get past. Um, but when people are shooting at you, it's different. But to go in and do the things that I saw on video and a lot of us have seen 
bits and pieces of takes a dehumanization that I think you would have seen in Nazi Germany. Uh, it's got to get to that point where these are not humans. They're, again, the sons of pigs and apes. And that's what the has gone on for too long. And again, in silence with the uh, media in the West, while they're trying to look for the uh, phantom right-wing extremism as being the, the big danger. And, they, um, they can never walk it back. Once, once they latch on, they feel like ceding any ground is a win for somebody else, and they will always yep. just ride the narrative. Well, and, you know, and I don't want to get into this, but I, it's just you hear that from them, from the squad, and they get reelected. It's, it's, yep. it's just disgusting. Yep. And it, it, that, that's the kind of thing that makes me think. You know, I used to say that we are on the precipice here, that we have a decision to make, that if we're going to save this country, now this election is the time to do it. And that's why we had Cicely Davis on. Cicely Davis, who was running, yep, running against... Uh, uh, Ilhan? Ilhan Omar, Omar correct. Mm-hmm. And, and that's good. she was a great, I mean, go back and listen to that episode. She's a, she's, she's a blast. Yep, <laughs> and got, but got beat. Right. So right. I, I don't know if we're still on the well, precipice. Let me, let me, let me see if, I, if, I can, if I can jump in there for one second, because this is important to mention to you. You wonder how they get elected. It's because of the demographics in those specific areas of who we've brought in. And I'll give you an example right now is this whole talk, even from Nikki Haley, of, you know, we should take in the million Palestinian refugees. I mean, no sort of recognition, of, again, the polls I just talked about. I'm talking about just Egypt and Jordan, you know, 95, 96, 97 percent unfavorable against Jews. One million Palestinians, who it's, it's going to be 100 percent, hate the Jews. Um, and have been, you know, if you look at the polls again, too, on uh, terrorism, I've read polls where somewhere around 80 percent of Palestinians who elected Hamas, by the way, want to see more terrorism against the Jewish state. So, you know, the idea of bringing in a million refugees by a Republican candidate um, is pretty shocking. I mean, I heard the uh, I heard some other candidates. I think, you know, the uh, obviously Florida DeSantis and, and Trump are you know, very clear on this, that we've got to be very careful who we bring in. But we do have a right as a country to decide who comes in, and you can't bring in people that hate us. And so um, that's one where Egypt has got El Arish, they've got Northern Sinai, you know, and we give billions to the Egyptians in uh, in money, funding, this part. Mm-hmm. So we do have leverage to say no, we no, do need won't. the civilians in, in northern Gaza to move out while they clear out Hamas. And you saying you're not going to open the open the borders is not going to fly. You know, we will cut you, you know, as much as we like General Sisi over, say, the Muslim Brotherhood, you need to let them into El Rish to stay there until the stuff is done and then go back. Okay. Not going to America like Nikki Haley's talking about. Well, you brought up Nikki Haley, and I feel like if this was a Scooby-Doo cartoon, they'd rip her face off and John McCain would be underneath yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have gotten away right. with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Um, so yeah. I, I read something, mm-hmm. and I want to see if this is correct. Um, countries mm-hmm. that will not take Palestinian refugees, Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Qatar, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. Does that sound right to you? Right. That does. So and all, the all is, of their neighbors the thing- will not take them, but we're <laughs> supposed to bring in one million. And, you know, and I want to be very clear that I know that there's probably good Palestinians, just like anywhere else, right? right? That they're caught sure. up in this, and they're like, ugh. I don't want any part of yeah. this. But the problem is that it is so pervasive over there. You don't know who yep. is who. And to bring well, in one million, there is zero chance that you're bringing in one million that are those, quote unquote, good Palestinians, <laughs> yeah. right? The ones right. that don't want any of this. Right. There is zero chance. You are going to bring oh, yeah. in a lot of right. Hamas sympathizers that are just waiting for the word, man. But here's the well, thing. Not only that, but, 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 but no, here's the thing. That, Let me tell you the thing about America real quick. 
Okay, because yep. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen I've seen people come over from all kinds of different countries and bring their kids over and want their kids to assimilate. And they it meant a lot to them to give their kids American names and to watch them turn. And then two, three generations later, these kids have no idea that they're a quarter Albanian. You know, they're, they're American. They're just American. And yeah. even the Arabs yeah. that live... And the town next door to ours has a large Arab population, and you should see how sick the grandparents are when they look at the grandchildren who already are Americanized. Right. Like, like it, you can lose it yeah. fast. Well, but it's not. Yeah. Listen, those same kids, I, I'm telling you, I've seen it, are riding around on their bikes with Palestinian flags, with Palestinian yeah. addresses, with, and they, they, they've just been brainwashed. They don't understand why they're doing it. They're just told to do it. Mm-hmm. And now they are following along lockstep with that. And, well, and we just talked about how do, how do we get the squad elected? How do you get the Talibs elected? How do you get the Omars elected? You know, marrying your brother. Get, I mean, all these different things. And a big part of it is, is not we have a right to decide who comes in our country. And uh, the other thing with the Palestinians, it's just a reality, is we should be looking to it. You know, the, mental, the level of mental health issues, the level of, let's just say, interfamily uh, marriages is, is through the roof. Um, you can take a look at statistics yourself, but. It's um, it's a it's a you know a population that as we as we you know are making decisions and who comes in and whatever else this is um, there's a reason why the uh, surrounding states are taking the position they are, and part of it's because those governments don't want to be overthrown, um, but you're exactly right. If they come in, we will see more um, you know Congress members like to leave and you know Omar and others. And um, we just can't have that. All right. Well, let's let's move into. I got one more thing about oh, religion. Boy. Here we go. Sure. Uh, Christ, Christians are always on the move. Christians understand what it is when they when they get shit on, they got to move. They got to go. So we have a lot right. of churches. Let, let's use uh, where we are. We're at. We're out of Cleveland, right? So you got Cleveland, for example. Right. You got Russian churches, and and it, right right in the middle of the ghetto, and they still are Russian churches. But a lot of them um, have turned into Spanish churches, and 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 then all the people who had those churches when they moved out to the suburbs, they just started their own new church with the same beliefs. And they are able to move, and they're not stuck in the ground where they have to be because it means so much. Because the religion should supersede the ground. So that's the that's the basis of this whole entire problem we're having. See, the Jewish people missed the boat by not being the first ones to Dubai to build that to make it look like it is to be the new shrine for the Jewish population uh, and have the awesome buildings and and make it their own kind of new mecca. Uh, and they would probably have been better off to do that. But I think it's a little different in America, right? When you're talking about places that Jesus Christ himself walked, um, where it's it's different. Over here, we're only a couple hundred years old. It's get, easy yeah. to walk well, away from land. I'm not arguing that point, but how many more millennia do we need to do it before they go, right. hey, if we want to, if we want to flourish and not be this uh, this small little group of people that has everyone always around us that they could have grown to four or five times the size and had a whole different feel about their whole entire religion if they would have just grown. Mm-hmm. And I understand what you're saying yeah. about, you know, they can't seed that land, but. Yeah. I mean, well, well, well the thing, the thing too is this goes for both Islam and Judaism and it's different than Christianity, at least the, uh, the, the, the interpretations we kind of come to in the West. I mean, there was the time of crusades and all that, we don't see um, a specific spot as being holy in the way that the Jews or the Muslims believe. And I've seen it. So the Western wall, y'all seen the emotion there of that specific wall. Let's go back, I mean, to the, to the time of Christ. 
um, is really as far as worship went, you had to worship in the temple itself. You know, you had places where you had rabbis and synagogues, but really the temple worship at that time was absolutely fundamental and critical of the entire religion. And there still is that sense within Judaism. You can't, you talk about changing religions, like, you know, folks that talk about Christianity adapting to the times. Well, I mean, it's not a religion, if it just sort of morphs and adapts. There, you know, we either believe it's true or not. And um, so there, there is that, that aspect um, of things. And again, now you have 7 million, you know, Israeli citizens that are there and have been trying to do what they can to, um, you know, to, to try to appease the other side. And it just has, has not worked. And my concern is, quite frankly, even if Israel was to be wiped off the map, which God forbid, that's not going to stop what we're seeing here. Um, I mean, the, the, when you generate grievances, you, you generate, and we're talking that the grievances, when you listen to Mother and Brotherhood, go back a long way. And so they will talk about Spain that's been Christian, if you will, Western Europe for 500 years. Um, these are things that, that stick around. Right. And um, So once Israel is wiped off the map, like you said, God forbid, the focus is just going to change to the West. It, it will. It's not, it's well, not, just, just, they're not going to be happy. Sure. They're not going to say, okay, well, we got Israel, everybody, you know what? Let's all live in peace. Yeah. No, they're going right. to change the focus. They're going to sit down at the war in the war room mm-hmm. and they're going to say, okay, Israel's done. Mm-hmm. How are we getting Spain back? Right. right. And then everything's going to go, everything's going to go that way. So let's talk about this current conflict though. Um, sure. Because everybody, everybody knows it's going on. Nobody knows a, how serious it is and B if it's going to affect us. Right. That's, that's one of the biggest questions right. I see on social media is people saying, Hey, look, I'm scared. You know, is this, I right. just, I just had a baby. Uh, what kind of world is right. she going to grow up? Is this in? world war three? Is this right? Is this world war three? Yeah. Could it be world war three? Well, let's talk about the dollar amounts. Yeah. Right. I got I got some numbers here that says that uh, in 2022, three point three billion in foreign assistance went to Israel, eight point eight million for the economy. And the other 90 percent, 97 percent, no, ninety nine point seven percent went to the military. So from 46 to 2022, Israel has received three hundred and seventeen billion dollars from taxpayers. And that's adjusted for Mm -hmm. inflation. We have a memorandum of understanding signed with Israel back in 2016. That's a 10-year, $38 billion in aid. The MOV supports yeah. updating Israeli uh, aircraft fleets and maintaining the country's uh, missile defense system, yeah. the Iron Dome, and the MOVs are uh, from government to government since 1999, and they're not like treaties because the tr- they're not legally binding and therefore do not right. require Senate ratification. Right. <laughs> you can get where right. I'm going here. Well, I got, I got where you're going. Of course, you know, some, a little interesting aside I'll make is that um, we've already spent more than a third of that, um, you know, three quarters of a century or whatever money in, uh, in Ukraine. So just a little, little perspective on, yeah. on that one, too. Well, and, and I want to uh, talk about so, that. Right? I, I know. I know. I don't want to get too far into tangent, That's... but I do want to, you know, I want to I put that perspective out there is that we're talking 1947. Again, three three quarters of a more than three quarters of a century um, yeah. on up. So that's that's the first thing. Um, you know, the second thing um, is that, and this goes into not just Israel, but the fact that Iran right now is pulling the strings. I mean, it's clear to my mind, 100 percent, the way Hezbollah's all set up, and they're ready to hit uh, um, Israel's backside. Right, and I think what the idea was is do these heinous things, videos where Israel would over overreact go right into to Gaza, you know, a major ground assault, and then they're in a quagmire because then you attack from the Hezbollah, and then you got uh, Iran's already pulling the strings. And here's the whole point on that is, is that the way we go to World War III and the way really world wars have started 
is weakness, the perception of weakness. You know, the last administration had a pretty incredible perception of strength. You know, they came in, I'll give you one example. They came yeah. in and told, yeah. told the ISIS was a generational conflict and all that. You know, they wiped them out in a year or so. And yeah. uh, they that, took that, out that president, that president was like king of the FAFOs, right? That, that last right, president right. was like, if you can find out, and I wish you would. Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, see, and then you then you move this president, where I don't believe Putin would have attempted what he did, unless he saw what happened with the quagmire and uh, the, the the terrible pullout from uh, Afghanistan. Sure, I don't believe Iran would have planned this under any other. Well, under, at least under the uh, last administration, um, they waited until they believed that we were kind of tied down in Ukraine and showed a lot of weakness, and then they got away with it. And if you go back in history, that's the way World Wars have started. I mean. You know, with Hitler and all, they could have stopped him in the Rhineland easy in 1936. And he even said he, he would have been done for if France had literally sent any units at all in. He'd have been done. That would have been the end of the Nazi movement. But the weakness that was shown, you know, over and over again leading up to Poland, and they didn't believe we'd, we'd go to war in Poland, um, the West would go to war in Poland. That's what started World War II. And that's what because you've got, you know, people out there, evil men, and they're going to push as far as they can. Iran is like that. And they push us, they push us, they push us. And it happens because of showing weakness. So one of the things is if we just sort of pull back and let, um, you know, Israel go under, then that is something I believe will then end up leading to more to World War III than showing the strength. And, um, and there's also a bit, too, by the way, if you look at Eisenhower and Nixon and some of the others that got us through the uh, Cold War, they had that uncertainty factor with the, the other national leaders that they were willing to push the button if necessary. None of us wants nuclear war, but if they believe that, that the, the current guy just isn't strong enough to, to do what needs to be done, or they're certain he's not, they need that 10%. I think what Trump too is, and Trump even talked about that, the 10% factor in will he do something is enough to prevent, you know, craziness from happening that would start World War III. So we need to show strength. Well, let's, so opinion. let's talk about that from, from an Israeli standpoint. Uh, sure. For as long as I can remember, there have been rocket attacks into Israel, into a sovereign nation. They are right. launching rocket attacks. Why hasn't Israel come out on that first rocket attack and said, look, right. we're not tolerating this, and launched an offensive to wipe out Hamas at that point? Why are they well, allowing the rocket okay. attacks coming in yeah. and just saying, meh? Because they, they want America to do it. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, though, is what you're already seeing, which is they got the third column all over the world right now into um, they do anything that perhaps might even, you know, question they've killed any civilians whatsoever, which, you know, and, and remember, Hamas is hanging out. They're, they're protecting themselves under hospitals, under schools. They're using the Palestinian people to get that footage. And you saw what happened when the Islamic Jihad missile hit the uh, Christian-run hospital. A couple of days there, you had the entire world blowing up that Israel did it. And everyone's against Israel. Well, I mean, now even the BBC is saying no. That rocket came from, uh, from. Uh, well, yeah, the, and I uh, wanted to Gaza. So, but that doesn't matter because the narrative's already out there. Right. People get to rumble. Right. It happens here in America all the time. Oh yeah, well you're right. You're right. But the the point though being that um, when you talk about a few missiles and why didn't they go into um, the payoff in that case where there are a few missiles like at the Iron Dome, they did do limited incursions and and attacks in 2014. But they hadn't. That's Hamas had not gone in and slaughtered 1,400 civilians. They had sent some missiles, and I don't think that Israel thought it was worth, you know, the quagmire. They because you know I want you to think about something. You know, it looked like at Stalingrad. It took up an army of more than what the Israelis have right now to get sucked into Stalingrad and eventually get defeated. I mean, 
urban warfare is terrible. Absolutely. And it's manpower intensive. And oh, by the way, it takes a long time. It's grueling. The, and not uh, just urban Chesney. warfare, but you're talking about guerrilla urban warfare. Well, you're, well, you're right. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's, here's the thing is. At least in World War they, they, II, we knew the uniforms to shoot at, you know. Right. And, and, and in World War II, we weren't even, I'll be quite frank with you, the concern about civilian casualties was almost nil. Right. Because the war was so existential that that just wasn't a uh, wasn't really the kind of issue is now. So we went into, when the Russians or the Germans went into Stalingrad, they got sucked in, cut off, and that was it. And even let's let's take another a different example, the uh, Warsaw Uprising. I mean, that was you know sort of guerrillas, with you know very little, and it took the Nazis many weeks with tens of thousands of troops to finally go back in and quell it. And that's again, they don't care about civilians, they don't care about destroying buildings, but it takes a lot of people. So if they had gone in before, you know they would have sucked in. First of all, they had to mobilize half the population, which is another problem because Israel gets shut down when they go to war. And so they can't fight wars beyond a certain point because the economy would, would implode. So they've got to go in. They've got to be quick. And that's probably why they haven't gone in yet because they're trying to really soften things up to do targeted strikes. But here's the other thing is 150,000 Hezbollah fighters ready to go in southern Lebanon. Yep. So as soon as they're committed in Gaza, you know, there's this massive army. And frankly, they're the varsity versus the Hamas JV. And they're completely supported by Iran. I mean, Hamas is too, but I mean, they're basically complete proxies of the IRGC, and uh, they're good. Um, I mean, good in the sense of like they can kill a lot. They're bad people, but um, but the point being that Israel's got that to worry about, and then also even the West Bank, they still have to have security there. So it's it's a tough one, um, and it's not one where it's just like that they can go into to Gaza easily. Um, it's a and it's an international crisis with. You got they're surrounded by again 100 times their number in nations that if they went too far into Gaza as far as their indiscriminate use of firepower, you know they they would be looking at um, you know World War Three against them uh, from Just all the nations. Absolute uh, annihilation. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, I, and I agree, right? I mean, there's a difference between sure. a few indiscriminate rockets coming into Israel and right. Hamas fighters parachuting into yeah. a music festival and gunning yeah. down um, concert goers, right? There, yeah. There's a difference. And if that were to happen here, I would like to think that even this president, let's just say Canada grew some balls and decided to parachute into, into the United right. States, I would like to think that even this president here would say, all right, you know what? As long as as long as you just use nine mil handguns. Gonna, <laughs> oh no, not even nine, nine mil. Nine mil. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get three eighties. Nine mil. Remember that'll blow your back out. That, uh, that's just don't use your you think AR-15s. about jeans. <laughs> Less than two thousand military were killed at Pearl Harbor, and technically they kind of declared war as they were coming in. And we not only not only Hiroshima Nagasaki unconditional war. I mean, people were sending back skulls and crap like that. That that was the the emotive hatred of what they did to us on Pearl Harbor at Pearl Harbor. Imagine their numbers killing 1400 is really equivalent to 50,000 American grandmothers, you know, babies, whatever in America. Imagine if something like that had happened to us. Sure. I mean, the gloves would be off. Well, how was, um, how was Hamas able to get in, defeat Israelis, uh, Israel's defenses and parachute into the homeland and start massacring its citizens? How were they able to well, do that? I, well, I mean, first thing is, I looked at the laydown of it was a massive coordinated assault. So, first thing is, Iran's behind it. I'll just say that right now. There's no way this was some kind of. And there were some techniques they had catching, particularly civilians. So, it wasn't a threat to the state in the sense of they're going to wipe out all of Israel. But I want you to think about something right now. If there were sleeper cells in America, 
which I'm quite frankly sure there is with the way it's been the last two or three years. Um, and they decided to, to go ahead and act in malls and everywhere else. They could kill a crap load of civilians. They could. And we know that. Um, so the idea as far as kill, killing civilians and doing heinous acts, if you're willing to cross those kind of moral boundaries, you know, we have school shooters, individuals that go out and kill dozens of people. It well, can yeah, happen. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's Look, not we have, that's a threat. We had one to, guy in Maine who was able to kill 18 people sure. and stay on the run. So yeah. imagine, yeah, imagine a sleeper exactly. cell activating. So, exactly. And quite frankly, that's another thing that, that right now I'm just unfortunately waiting for because i got a you know, family and all that too is, you know, if things really kind of go, go awry, you know, it'll, uh, again, I've got to assume they got sleeper cells here. And this administration is absolutely, I looked at the number of people on the terror watch list, 2019, zero, you know, 2020, I think it was zero or something, you know, one per whatever. And then the numbers now, dozens and dozens, I think it was over a hundred as I recall last year of the folks they caught at the border. And that's, you know, pl- plenty they didn't catch. So these jokers are in here. I mean, we can assume that and you look at the protests and just, you know, it's, um, it's one where if they decide to activate, you know, good luck and they're going to activate, you know, cyber and, everything else in addition to uh, heinous acts like we saw in Israel. Right. Let me get your opinion on Douglas uh, McGregor's tweet. Sure. He said, we are setting the stage for war. Netanyahu is setting the path for Armageddon. Americans think that the presence of our offshore naval power will act as a deterrent to the Turks, Iranians, and others in the region that might otherwise become involved in confrontation with Israel. It won't. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing I would I would agree with him that the you know sending carrier battle groups anymore uh, is not the same kind of signal as it was before, particularly under this administration, by the way, because they also judge administration those those pinprick attacks they did, alleged retaliation for hitting our bases was quite quite frankly a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with him there. At the same time, though, um, you know, I disagree with the the sort of idea that we're setting up for you know Netanyahu setting up for Armageddon. Um, I think that Yanatu actually has been smart in the sense of, from my view on it, that he really hasn't gone in with the massive urban assault that somebody else may have done emotively again and sort of with the uh, the people screaming for it initially. He's kind of hung back. He's done raids in. He's done special operations. He's cutting things out. He's taking out nodes. He's keeping the rhetoric up. But it, it remains to be seen what actually ends up happening. I don't think you're going to see a Stalingrad-type attack into Gaza. I think it's going to be, again, far more. You don't have to kill every single Hamas fighter to destroy uh, Hamas. Um, we, and they can try. They have Mossad, and they, they showed you know, through the years Mossad can take out their enemies wherever um, and just do it, grinding people down over years. So I don't necessarily think you know he's got to show strength after what happened. Um, so that's one where, again, I have a lot of respect for Douglas McGregor in a lot of ways. Uh, but in this one, I would, uh, somewhat disagree with him. Now we'll see what ends up happening with the, um, as things move on, if he does a full ground assault with all his reservists and all that, I think he, he he's got to think this one through. And, didn't uh, didn't he just come out, good. didn't he just come out and say he's like postponing the assault? Uh, I, I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of seen back and forth and I'll be mm-hmm. quite frank with you. I, I, People are sort of, oh, you know, I think he's, there's some planning and some signaling because they signal they're going to go in. That causes the enemy to do to, to, to do things, you know, signals and, and movement and then Mobilize, take out yeah. top people. Well, it's just moving on the ground. And then it's also one where they get the tunnels, which require electricity to get air into and all this. They may know how to cut the stuff off to suffocate people in tunnels. And, you know, it's um, 
So there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. I mean, because of 32 Americans, one understand, and a lot of Americans were killed, well, you can assume our Delta is, you know, with them too, because we have an interest in this as well, and they're hostage rescue, and they're pretty darn good. You know, they're quiet. You don't hear about them saying what you do to SEALs, but they're the ones that, you know, quite frankly, take out the Baghdadis and do all the stuff that you read about mm-hmm. afterward. You may hear a ranger or whatever. The two guys killed them. Mogadishu got Medal of Honor you know, with Delta, for example. Right. And uh, so there's um, a lot of that going on that someday when they can write about all this might be kind of interesting into how they basically kind of won the war, i.e. taking out Hamas without having to do the kind of urban ground invasion we're thinking about. You know, I may be wrong there, but the I, I, I really worry about them going in, putting a couple hundred thousand men in that have got to get back to work eventually. Again, it's a citizen soldier army. The country's got to go and then being hit from uh, Hezbollah from the north. And um, and that may be part of the enemy's plan was to sucker them in real quick, hang videos and babies getting heads cut off, force them to go in the ground and then just trap them in there and um, where they grind them down, grind down the mm-hmm. economy. And so let me ask you this. So my my perception of the IDF has always been one of the better armies in the world. Um Right. One of the the better trained, the better equipped, and obviously w- we support a lot of that with our weaponry and, mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. Right. But you know they are they are a very well rounded army, and not only are they well rounded to me um, fr- from a fighting standpoint, but their social media is on point and their intelligence services. They're well, I, but but yeah. them to get people behind them. I don't know if you follow the IDF mm-hmm. on Facebook, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They are right. very, very good at right. at their social media. And that is right. one of the things that really brought me into the IDF fold was their social media. And then I started looking at I'm like, God, these guys and these men and women are, are fantastic. I started looking into yeah. the IDF. I started looking more into Israel. And that's kind of how yeah. I came on board with them. But how do you feel right. about I about is the IDF well, capable of withstanding yeah. this threat? I mean, everything Here's, else you said, okay. everything else you said, you know, I mean, just from a, from a war fighting standpoint, yeah. How yeah. how does the IDF stand up against Hamas and Hezbollah? Here's the problem I see with it: they got they do good intelligence services, though I think Mossad was even better when they had the original jews who came from the arab world who you know were part of that community could really get intelligence that's kind of ended but they still have good intelligence they have good special operations they have a tiny tiny regular army in other words those that are you know active duty and then the vast majority of it is people that serve two or three years men and women um you know in their you know after what we would think of as high school or college and uh and then the reservists the rest are alike that's the majority of the army and i gotta tell you i mean don't go too far in the end of, you know, Superman end of things, because, you know, being over there, an army like that, you're going to see the overweight folks and folks look like, you know, long haired guitarists coming off the, uh, off a rock concert and that sort of thing. And, and honestly, I'm not, I'm just saying it is, if they got to put massive ground troops into Gaza versus special operations, it's, you know, they do good equipment, but the equipment kind of gets, you know, canceled out a bit when you're um, fighting close quarters. You know, that's where I think there's a concern. I would have a concern. Again, good pilots, good special operations, and that, that kind of thing, good artillery. But the massive numbers of ground troops you need to go through and clear out buildings and hold buildings, go into tunnels and all that, they're not supermen. And um, and so that's the, the area that 
um, they, I think the Palestinian, well, Hamas knew this. And so that's why, you know, when I look at the enemy, I do war gaming. So if I'm the enemy, I'm thinking the enemy, okay, if I'm attacking someone to cut off heads and everything else, it's for a reason. It's not going to cause a, a real military threat, but it's going to, you know, it's almost like a fighter saying he's going to sleep to the other fighter's wife. It's to get them in the ring. Well, in this case, it's to get them into Gaza and the 300 kilometers of tunnels and all the setup they got. So that's what they're trying to do because they realize, hey, look, we got Hezbollah coming from the north, and this could really divide up the, uh, you know, the uh, Arabs from the, from America and uh, and Israel. Um, it feels like it feels like it feels like Vietnam, in a way. Well, well, it can, but but see that this is where I think Netanyahu may have been smart, and we're thinking it's hesitation is not going, not being drawn in uh, right. to where they want to fight is actually doing the, the uh, special operations, the targeted attacks. You know, that was actually sure the, your segment today on Newsmax is where I first heard that. And, um, sure. yeah, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, yeah, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, the, other, the other piece, too, is that, you know, they have some of their top people, Hamas, in Qatar, in places like that that are living in, you know, freaking ritzy hotels and whatever. Um there's probably a behind the scenes thing going on to get them, you know, kicked out or taken out. I mean, I, I, frankly, under this, these circumstances and what occurred, I'd have no pity for them whatsoever and whatever Israel decides to do. But they're pretty good about after, you know, the um, some things that have gone on, finding people wherever they are. Uh, you know, so, um, Eichmann was t- taken from South America <laughs> and brought back to Israel. And uh, they didn't have to, they, you know, could have killed him too. But um, I've got a, I've got anyway. a two-part question. Uh, one, yep. the, well, three part, I guess the very first question, all I need is a number. I don't need to go into it. Sure. Yep. Scale of one to 10. Where do you put our president at being able to lead us and Israel out of this? Like a two. I mean, okay. I no, that. That's it, exactly what I thought you were going to say. Now here, yeah. here's my two part question. If what president in us history would you want leading us right now? Any president? Through this, please say, you, please say U.S. Grant. Oh my man, said, Reagan. Reagan. You know what? I was sitting, <laughs> I, I was sitting at home today, yeah. I and Grant. I was reading writings of Reagan um, and looking for quotes I could use here. And there is just so much about. He talks about Palestine. Well, he, he talks about Israel. But yes, I I would agree. I was living in Europe. My dad was stationed there in high school when Libya went down. I mean, you talk about decisive. They blew up our dis, you know, disco with American soldiers. That's it. Boom, we're in. And right. we hit the right places and almost got Gaddafi. And, uh, I mean, we did things. When it came to, to Grenada, there was no hesitation. He, yes, he sir. was decisive. And, um, and he came with a goal to defeat communism. And um, so that right, comes right to mind. All right, so here's, here's uh, here, I guess here's question 2.5. Um, sure. Uh, anybody right now, um, anybody in America right now, is there anybody you could see who may not be running right now? Or is there anybody that you could see that you would want elected to help us through this? Huh? Um, I thought hard. I, I will say, don't even say, though don't I, say I know, Nikki Haley. Don't, <laughs> oh, say no, Nikki. Don't, 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 yeah, she's running too. So I, I, I'm not going to, not going to go there. Um, um, believe it or not, even though I, there are things I disagree with him on, on other issues and where he goes, I, I would say that as far as military leadership right now, Tom Cotton would be pretty effective. Wow. And again, that's wow. even, even trying to be, 
trying to be objective into, you know, he, he's gone establishment um, at different times. I, I haven't liked, but at the same time though, he's a smart guy and he did serve like I did as an you know, airborne ranger infantry officer in combat. And so he's got the right mentality. Um, so that just, that comes right to mind. Now, if I okay. had a chance to think about it even more than maybe someone else, it kind of comes right to mind, but I just, that sort of just pops in. All right. And the it's second, not, it's not general Mattis, huh? Se- <laughs> yeah. Schwartz cop. Can we bring him? Does he have a grandson we can bring in? I don't know. I, uh, okay. So, so two part or the second part of the question, mm-hmm. uh, president right. Bill Connor, you are right now, you're sitting there, you're with your advisors, you're in the war room. Right. What, what does president Bill yep. Connor do to, to mitigate this situation right now? Sure. I mean, the first, the first thing is that um, I, I would show absolutely 100% support for Israel. None of this, I've given a hundred million dollars here. It's got to be absolutely rock solid. I'd be putting the pressure on Turkey to your part of NATO and this rhetoric against, against Israel needs to stop. You need to be helping us. Then I'd be putting the pressure on general Sisi of your friend. We're giving you billions of dollars a year too as Egypt. We, you know, you know, this peace treaty, so on and so forth, but you got El Arish right there and we will get a guarantee because we can, from Israel, that the Palestinian refugees will go back to northern Gaza once this is over with. But you, General Sisi, will let them in El Arish during this time period, and um, or else again because of the leverage we have. And then Iran would be one of uh, you know, sort of the, given the um, the question of whether or not we would do something. I, again, I'll start by saying I don't want to see going to war with Iran. A um, whole different ball game than Iraq. It's mountainous. Um, a lot more people. It is uh, not something to play games with. At the same time, though, they push people as hard as they can. So all the funding gets cut off. Um, and then we also go back into, as well, all the diplomatic pressure we can to put the uh, put sanctions back on to stop them so they know that they made no gains whatsoever. So there's nothing else that, that comes with it. And then we allow Israel to do what they need to do in northern Gaza with Hamas. And um, and I you know support 100% the, just the destruction of Hamas. That doesn't mean you have to kill everybody but that it is no longer in power. And um, I just don't, what I see is the guys playing footsie with the still giving money to, um, uh, to the Palestinians, knowing that the money is not going to go to hospitals. Mm-hmm. It's going to go My straight man. to filling tunnels. And, so to everybody so, listening right now, you heard it here. Bill Connor is running for president in. <laughs> so, so Richard, Richard Grinnell had a tweet that said the, the Hamas leadership lives outside Gaza and runs an empire worth more than 700 million in luxury properties and assets. Stop sending yep. money to Gaza. Egypt and Jordan must step up to fix this humanitarian crisis. Everyone else has been yep. getting ripped off for years. No more U.S. tax dollars for Hamas Incorporated. Right. And I get but that. Actually, his point, his point there about these rich fat cat jokers, because Muslim Brother is the same thing, by the way. You know, Muslim Brother lives in Qatar. We have leverage over Qatar. We do. And we have a base there. So we got a base and you got these crazy Hamas folks that are playing the slicing heads off babies. Yeah, well, we were friends um, with Pakistan, too, and guess who they were sitting on? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, of course, they're sitting with nukes and everything else. There's a, <laughs> there's a, a big history there. Um, but And frankly, Pakistan really didn't go this. They, you know, there was involvement in, in the Kashmir and whatever, but the, the, the level they've gotten to, this is a new level. I follow stuff pretty closely. And that attack on October 7 was new ground in the heinousness, even beyond suicide bombing and all that, I, it videotaping the lighting on fire grandmothers and cutting heads off right. babies and raping yeah. women. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, just, um, but it's an, it's an op, it's an op to try to take the exactly. heart out of the, the Jewish people. 
to let them know, yeah, we're like, we're, we're going to get away with doing this, and your leadership's going to do nothing about it. But so then, but then how, about it. The, how about the people in America? How about the progressive universities? How about the high school kids? How about all these people that are like, hey, man, you know, we're Palestine all the way. I'm wearing Palestine's headdress, you know? Israel is oppressors. Yeah. You are supporting yeah. people that are cutting the heads off babies. It is a terrorist organization. Right. It is not. It yeah. has nothing to do with Palestine wanting to... to to just live in peace. It has nothing to do with that. You are supporting basically your government, your proxy government, so cutting the heads off babies and lighting grandmothers on fire in front of their families. I, well, it, well, and part of it too, I don't know if you watch, BBC interviewed one of the top leaders in Hamas and the guy left the interview because BBC, which has always kind of hated Israel and been, been pro-Palestinian, asked the question about killing civilians and he gaslighted to say it wasn't true. I mean, they videotape themselves. They, you know, it's all there, and yet again, the gaslighting that goes on—that they were only attacking military targets—is just so. You got the useful idiots who will probably buy into the fact, like there was absolutely no fraud in the 2020 election at all, no violations of Article Two whatsoever. You better believe it, because you know whatever. Um, these are the same kind of people that, um, I mean, believe anything that the uh, that the wet market and and Wuhan was a source of uh, COVID-19 or whatever. Um, they just even with videos. You know, next thing will be that the videos are AI or something. It's just literally that the left has lost its mind. You know, Biden says that the Republican Party is not the Republican Party of your dad. I mean, the Democratic Party of JFK or Truman is is dead and gone. <laughs> is uh, yep. you know, this wacky Bolshevik party. So the so I can't remember a war. So I was born in 1980, right? So right. Uh, I can't remember a war that really wasn't fought without coalition forces now when i say coalition forces i put it in air quotes and you sure. were you worked in afghanistan you really tried right. to to help their uh national service become what what you guys wanted it to be um right but when i put coalition forces in air quotes i just feel like it's us and then other people to the left and right of us being like yeah we're with him we're with the big dog um yeah this is kind of the way that these wars are going to continue to go on because no one wants to be the only one holding the bag, the only bad guy. And yeah. this is what, so this is what we need to do, right? You need to give both the Israelis and the Palestinians a common enemy. You walk in there, you say, well, if you guys can't do it, none of you get it. You take everything away from them and go, are you guys ready to talk it out now? That's what it ends up coming down to is someone has to be the dad in this situation and take these two kids and grab them by the hair and drag them over. And that's when people, I don't start know if I agree. but that's when people start talking about the, 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 what do they call it? The two state proposal or, um, yeah, see the, 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 the again, that's why I go back to my first comments about how small Israel is right. and is it, the, the, the two-state solution with um, an Arab or a Palestinian East Jerusalem is a non-star. I wouldn't put – I mean, as an American, no way whatsoever I'd be pushing that at all. And part of the whole thing, too, is, again, you know, we do have a, um, a stake in, you know, certain values, you know, within this. that we um, And Israel, quite frankly, you know, is a law-abiding, you know, uh, due process, equal protection type place that has – Muslims, Christians, and Jews living together under a legal system. You don't see that. There are no Jews anywhere within the surrounding uh, places. The Palestinians are off the, off could, the deep Could end. you consider uh, it a republic? Uh, uh, Israel? Oh, yeah. 
it kind of funny. You know, in Republic Two, it's funny you say that because everyone at the left always talks about democracy. I mean, we're not a democracy. We're a republic, which uses a democracy as one tool to get to self-governance. We're but it's a constitutional republic. republic. Yeah. yeah, and I would say that the Israelis are. I mean, they have their their own system. You saw the uh, even though I disagreed with those protesting uh, Netanyahu's reforms, it clearly showed you that they had a constitutional system that they, you know, felt very passionate about. And the true democracy, which is just demagogic, you know, absolutely anarchy in some ways because it's a majority rule with no no constraints. Um, that's not what they have. Um, so I would say it's it's close enough to a republic, um, close enough to us, and again, kind of you know the values that that we have. Yes. And that, um, so. There's, but if, but, if, but if nobody if nobody plays dad like I'm saying, then yep. we can just count on another thousand years of this shit going on. If nobody if nobody steps up and says, you know, who's going to play dad or 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 may I say God in this okay, situation? But, what would Jesus do? Well, but let, my, let me let me let me well let me put it this way: we did do that successfully with a rational. Um, in this case, Mubarak, and, you know, well Sadat, excuse me, start with Sadat and Mubarak. But anyway. Egypt did do that, and there was success in that realm because you had a huge piece of land, the Sinai, and it was given back, and there's been peace for 45 years now. Um, and I was part of that. I'm very proud of being part of that um, between Egypt and Israel. And that was the main fight, by the way. Originally, it was the Arab-Israeli war. not the Arab-Palestinian. The Palestinian thing really came up sort of afterward into you had you know folks that were within Palestine. The difference is that you had a huge piece of land that Israel could give back. And Israel gave Gaza back. That's the thing that, you know, they pushed their settlers out. That I guess, tremendous political. I guess my question is, though, Israel, or uh, I'm sorry, Egypt, is at least somewhat receptive, somewhat uh, objective, normal, right? You can deal with them. The problem with Hamas yeah. and Hezbollah is there is no dealing with them, right? I, right? This millennia of fighting is going to continue until somebody is destroyed. I don't know if you can come in and right. be dad to Hamas. I don't think, or, I don't think, I don't think you can. Hamas I, doesn't see, I'm sorry right. to, to go on like this, but Hamas charter does not allow for the survival of the Israeli state. Right. They, That's they what I'm saying. Like I, there is no dad at that point. Either <laughs> yeah, Israel's but, destroyed or, but here's the other problem, right? Yeah, is, like, so if you destroy Hamas, now you have Hezbollah to worry about. Well, not Hezbollah. I would say they—they they, they are not in Israel for the most part. They are in Lebanon. But if you destroy Hamas, are they going to fill the void? They're next man up. No, no, they—they—they won't—they won't because they're Shiite, um, and that's a huge issue to remember. Okay, that, oh, um, yeah. that's the, a the Shiites and Sunnis really, really don't like each other. They—the the enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's the only. Yeah, so Hamas is Sunni. That Arab okay. Muslim, okay. the Muslim Brotherhood is Sunni. Okay, um, Hezbollah is Shiite. And, and Iran is Shiite. Iran but wants you don't see Shiite a power government. vacuum there that somebody is going to want to just... Well, no, what you, what you may have is Fatah and, and the Palestinian Authority. Oh, and, here, and we they're go. More here we reasonable. go. Now he's bringing they're, in somebody else that I don't a know. New now player? I, yeah, a new player? A new player to the game that we don't <laughs> know? <laughs> player three has entered the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Fatah? <laughs> Papow! Yeah, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're the leadership mostly in the West Bank, and they're the more, more moderate, um, which does recognize Israel's right to exist, Palestinian uh, leadership group party, if you will. And, and they, they don't get along. I mean, there was a, a major war between Hamas and, and Fatah and the Palestinian Authority. So, and they're, Why they're is the United States not supporting Fatah then? Why well, they, are, they do. Why are, the, 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 issue, the issue over there is that you have Gaza is separated by land from the West Bank. Fatah has no right. power. In, I mean, it, uh, Hamas has taken over Gaza, that 25-mile stretch that's 
25 miles long, three miles wide, up up to like four or five miles wide. And then you got the West Bank, which is much bigger. The West Bank, um, the Palestinian control is, you know, Fatah and the Palestinian Authority. And then um, within Gaza, you have Hamas. And so Hamas, and, and Gaza, by the way, is closer to the major population centers. So Gaza, which, by the way, used to be e- Egypt. Gaza was part of Egypt up until the 67 years. Just a little tidbit. But, um, you know, God, basically. So much. I, I, I know. I know. This, so this much is, uh, to unpack. It's crazy. I'm to the point yeah, now where, li- li- listen to me, Bill. If, if God speaks to you and tells you to build a boat, give me a call. I'll help. <laughs> Exactly. I trust Bill. I trust Bill over everybody right now. If Bill calls me and says, hey, look, I need you to grab all your ARs and come down to South Carolina, yep, yep. I'm going to call you and yep. I'm going to be like, damn, we got to go. You're yep. like, why? I'm like, Bill. You're like, okay, yep. let's go. Bring bring your tools uh, and we'll stop by visit Paul. All right, listen. We'll visit Paul Angle on the way by. Indulge, <laughs> indulge me right here for a second. Yeah. On my uh, Facebook page, I have a friend named Kaylee. Yep. And Kaylee on October 11th, right after the, uh, right the after attack. October 7th had uh, posted, this world is sick. I'm scared for my family, for my kids, for everyone. I can't even comprehend what I saw today on TikTok alone. I'm sick. I had commented, um, and I'm not going to read you the whole thing, um, and you can you can kind of dissect this as you want. Um, personally, I believe that, and I understand that Hamas is, I mean, they've got their thing and they want to destroy Israel. But Russia has a lot to gain from this. Right, because if we shift yeah. all of our resources over sure. to protect Israel right now, Russia is going to be able to steamroll Ukraine. If they steamroll Ukraine, this creates a whole nother, a whole nother problem for the United States. Um, I, anyway, I go on and I explain that all to her. Um, I explain the border being porous; um, that you know it's only a matter of time before somebody sends a signal. Uh, but then somebody comments. Her name is Noor, N O O R. And she said, I would highly recommend you read these articles. Well, it's from amnesty.org. She says, Hamas is a resistance group that is the Palestinians, uh, uh, that is the Palestinians that actually fight back. Israel is the occupiers backed by the West and Europe. Palestinians are indigenous natives to the land. 80% have been displaced since 1948. Mind you, loving, my loving grandmother is older than the state of Israel. Israel steals homes and entire neighborhoods one by one and have committed uncountable war crimes and massacres to the Palestinians. The Western media often portrays Arabs as barbaric to desensitize the killings of U.S., uh, I'm sorry, of us. Just like they did 9-11, millions of innocent civilians killed in the name of weapons of mass destruction that were never found or just wanted the oil. It's quite disgusting world we live in. Biden lied about 40 decapitated babies. He lied about 40 decapitated babies that was later debunked. Muslims follow strict war rules, even though this is not uh, a war. It is ethnic cleansing and genocide against Palestinian civilians. What can you tell Kaylee right now uh, about her friend Noor, um, in, in those comments. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's this common uh, sort of propaganda rhetoric. You know, we talk about, you know, indigenous peoples. First of all, there, there were, you know, Jews that lived there, number one. Number two is the Jews that came in during Zionism and bought up land they had. And the key thing is, is the UN came in at, like, Big, Big Brother, which we support too, had a, a partition plan that the Israelis agreed to go with, which gave them crap land. It really did. And they were attacked from all sides. And at that time, they didn't hit, I mean, U.S., yeah, I mean, we recognize them, but they, they weren't getting the money that we had now, and they won their war. 
against the others. Um, they have given land back. Um, they have, you know, I usually stress again, the whole size thing where the whole thing is the size of New Jersey, but 60% is desert. And, um, and then the, you know, 30% is the uh, West Bank and Gaza. So you're talking about a tiny fraction of New Jersey for the Jewish people to live in. Um, and you know, these, this whole thing of the, uh, atrocities, I mean, the videos are there. They can go look at the videos. I think, you know, where to find them on the, like the South was the first responder, uh, videos on telegram. I mean, you can find the videos of them shooting up houses, looking for mothers to kill the, the blood spots and little, little bunk beds, little boys were killed. You name it. Um, the, the international media was shown the most heinous parts and they're trying not to embarrass the families or, or grieve the families. They're not putting it out there, but the, the Western media who hates Israel, that's the general thing, uh, came back crying. I mean, I watched what would happen there. I mean, a father with his two sons in underwear going to a, a uh, you know, their, their hole and the, you know, Hamas fighter throws a grenade in, you know, and then the, the father's killed and they kidnap the two women, uh, sons. I mean, things of this nature are all over the place. So, you know, they're, I've heard the rhetoric and it just kind of keeps getting more and more bizarre. Um, but I, I mean, that's probably the best way to, to go about it is, is, is just sort of fight it down one by one in all these different claims. I mean, the, um, there were Jews there to begin with. There've been Jews there for you know from before Israel. And yes, they call themselves Palestinians because that's it was a British mandate. But again, the, uh, the history has been that the UN had a plan for it, um, and the Israelis are willing to take a terrible deal for their own, own uh, land, and yet they were attacked from all over. And oh, by the way, on the uh, displacement of Palestinians, what happened was when the invading Ar- uh, Arab armies came in, they told people to leave their homes, the Palestinians. So that when they came in, they could kill the Jews. There wouldn't be the collateral damage, but they lost. So a lot of the Palestinians just just left. Um, so you know, I, I could kind of go on and on. I mean, you know, in Europe, there after World War II, there was all kinds of displacement of peoples that hasn't caused the same kind of like outcry. I mean, we're we're talking about a lot more land than just the uh, the Palestinian areas, which again, the fraction of the size of New Jersey, um, people are displaced. Germans are displaced. All kinds of ethnic minorities displaced without this kind of like continual, you know, um, rhetoric of the colonizers and the genocide and everything else. Um, so, so not trying to make Kaylee that, feel better. What does Bill Connor think is the final outcome of this? How, how, how does this thing I, end for us? I think if we're strong right now, what's going to happen is there, there will be an end within Israel saying that we believe we have destroyed Hamas. Um, Again, we're talking about killing everybody. We're talking about, you know, that it can't come back again, um, that Iran can be kept in check, that this doesn't go to World War III. I do see that, but I do have worries with the current administration because it's just so weak that I see people taking advantage of that, attacking American bases when they wouldn't have under Trump. Um, but to make her feel better, I mean, I, I do see in the end, there's Israel's got to be strong, but they're also smart, and they're not, not going to do something suicidal. Hmm. So I guess that's... Okay. I just think there's okay. there's not enough facts you can give Nor. That was her name, right? There's yeah. not enough facts yeah. you can lay down in front of her no. to make sure. her change her mind. Nope. There's nothing you can well, tell. Well, I've, I've gone through this with some of the, the propaganda. That's what I call mm-hmm. them. They, they get their talking points of, you know, it's like this thing. Yes, there may have been on the baby thing, you know, there were babies that got their heads cut off. That's the bottom line. There's, you know, it was a 40. No, it was 34. You know, whatever. I mean, that's literally what they're coming yeah. down to. Is right. You lied about that. So despite the fact that we have videos of little boys being shot, the hundreds of people shot at this uh, concert 
that, um, you know, you got Hamas saying that, you know, we wouldn't kill any civilians. We didn't do it. It's just gaslighting. You know, the 2020 election had no fraud whatsoever and no violations of Article 2. Perfect in uh, end of story. I mean, you know, it's um, it's just one of those things that a little hard to, hard to convince. But I, um, I do think, though, that showing telling people about the size of Israel does help. Well, I think my common enemy uh, play is probably the best move right now because, you know, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal. Oh man. I mean, you're, you're not talking about right thinking people, right? If you went to my, my scenario of Canada attacking the United States and you went to Trudeau and you went to Biden, I, you may be able to pull that off, right? But you're talking about Hamas. You're talking about they're not going – they don't care. Yeah, I, well, the other thing, too, is we've lost, I mean, since Reagan, since um, even the last administration, we've lost a lot of our credibility. And if I, I see, see a whole second bipolar world developing with China, Russia. I don't like it, but, you know, it's because as starting with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the, the mm-hmm. horrendous botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Losing the petrodollar to a lot of countries. Losing the petrodollar, exactly. Pushing, pushing the progressive colonization, mm-hmm. you know, beyond the pale. I mean, you know, forcing Hungary and you know, other countries of this nature to give in to every single thing that they find abhorrent, you know, has really harmed us throughout much of the world while, you know, people have not noticed that. So we're not necessarily the same kind of uh, big policemen um, that we could have been or were once. Or that we were. So, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, so, I tell you okay. what, I mean, you've given me a lot, a lot of information. Yeah. And I Thanks. still... I've came to the conclusion that, you know, got to build us a boat, a giant one. I sure appreciate it. <laughs> right? Thanks. Build a giant, Thanks a lot. giant uh, boat. Yeah. No, listen, we're, we've decided Thanks. we're going to follow you, and we are also going to, uh, your candidacy, we are going to support 100%. So. <laughs> Thank and you. And if appreciate you pick it. Nikki Haley yeah. as your vice president, I swear to God. I don't, don't worry about that. Do not. Maybe she's, she's inset- Maybe she's the well, enemy that they both need. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just put it this: she, she, we, when we ran for office, she ran for governor and lieutenant governor back in 2010. We were co-located in the same building, because the same person who supported both of us gave us this building. It was divided up, but I'm not a fan. I'll just leave it at that. Fair and, enough. Um, I mean, it's, it's. Um, I, I hope she's not the one, but. Well, we appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate all the work Seriously, you've done. This is this has been an incredible talk, and um, thanks. Uh, I, I'm going to give you our common disclaimer. And now that I have your phone number, it's very possible that I will call you at two o'clock in the morning for your analysis on something. So just do not put me on the do not answer list. I, I promise I won't Thanks. abuse it. Because what's going to happen, and we tell everyone, we'll be doing a Facebook Live here talking to our group of people. And then all of a sudden, Jim will be like, you know who I'm calling? And I'll go. Somebody will ask a question. They'll be like, well, let me ask you this about Israel. I'm like, oh, I got the guy. And I'm like, don't call him, bro. Don't call him. It's midnight. Yes. I promise we won't do that. But people answer. (laughs) Oh, they do. Thanks. All right. Well, Bill, we will let you go, man. You have given us more time than you should have, and I really appreciate you. Yeah, normally, thanks, no, thanks. normally, normally, lawyers charge for this time, this amount of time. So oh, we haven't got the bill yet. It's coming. Just wait for the bill. It's coming. Pro bono. Thanks. All right, yeah. Bill. We'll bono talk bill. to you. Appreciate we'll talk it. to you, brother. Thank you appreciate so much. All okay. Right, bye bye. Dude. Oh, pro bono bill. Fantastic. It is. You know but what? It's still just a. It's a quagmire. It is a quagmire. But I guess I have a little, a, a little more information, and I have a little. I have a few more questions answered. I have things that now I can look at that as they transpire, I can say, all right, this is not good, or 
this is the way we probably should be going, right? Mm-hmm. There's things that Bill t- told us that, that you're going to be able to watch now as in the news, and you're going to be able to say, okay, this is, while bad, this is going the way we want it to go, right? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, there's just no fixing it. It's a millennia, it's a millennia problem. Right. It's thousands of years. We're not fixing this. And I you know, your thing with the oh, you gotta be the dad. Yeah, but, watch me. <laughs> but but listen, I mean it's a it's millennia. You don't think anybody's ever thought of this? You're yeah. not fixing this until somebody is destroyed. Yeah. That's the problem. I'd put them all and you know what I'd put I didn't them ask him? I'd God put them damn. all on an island called Tanz- Tanzania. I wanted to get and then let me know when yeah. you guys got it all sorted out, okay? I wanted to get more into uh, the whole Russia aspect of this. Um, you know, you're right. No one and how, about that. And how, Hezbo- I'm sorry, how Hamas knew when to and how to get into Iran, right? And then there's the whole point of did they use that money with the prisoner swap to fund any of this? And uh, everyone thinks that right when they got the $6 billion released for the hostages, then all of a sudden this war kicked off and then... And then the the people in power were like, no, they haven't even cashed that check yet. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, it's know. a shit show, and I don't and I don't want to be involved at all. all right. And I don't see I don't see a ton of parades for the Israeli people. No, no, haven't seen hey, a one. Queers for Palestine. You know, I, it's uh, it's all unbelievable. All right, we got to go. We got to go. All right, so if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, let us know, right? Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know that you enjoy this. You want to see more like this. If you have questions for us that you just want to talk to us about, you can reach me at jim at pbapodcast.com. You can reach me at dan at pbapodcast.com. You can always join the Facebook page, uh, Pod Bless America. And Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. All right, so until next time, uh, shit, Go man. the old one. Say, I'm Jim. Uh, what? <laughs> To go go old school. What, what's say, the old I'm school? Jim. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And Pod, Pod bless, bless America. America. <laughs>
So what do you think about those boat dimensions? You need a lot of wood. What boat dimensions? You mean for Bill's Ark? Yeah, I guess we can call it an Ark. <laughs> as long as you and I got a boat for our people. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you right now, for all the people that I care about, I need one of them canoes from the seaweed. <laughs> 